Hello listeners, welcome to episode 8 of Bitpicking, the software engineering podcast. I'm Mark. I'm Greg. Hey Greg. Hi Mark. What do you fancy talking about this week, Greg? I think we should, uh, there are two things. One is recruitment. I think we've both been in a conversation this week about um, little bits about recruiting software developers. So I think that might be worth a little exploration. That sounds good. And then also I sort of committed us to talk about this new... Uh, Cloudflare, was it Cloudflare or Cloudfront? Cloudflare. Cloudflare, Cloud, Cloudflare, it's easy for me to say. Um, hosting alternative to containers. Mm. Is interesting. Well, that's quite interesting. So. Do you think we'll be able to sound like we know what we're talking about? Yes. Excellent. Let's get on with it. So let's start with recruitment. Let's so, um, so I think this is this is interesting for most people because most people are either recruiting a developer or trying to be recruited. Um, and a topic came up this week, in fact, just a few days ago, about adverts. So we might as well start with that and how to craft a good advert to attract applicants. Uh, uh, yeah, and so yeah, and this was a slightly contentious one. I think. Well, you and I disagreed for a start. We did. And actually, someone has fed back and said we should disagree more. Okay, so, right. I also had some, more, I had some more feedback that we ramble a lot as well. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. To be expected, listener. I'm going to be really nervous. Yeah, yeah. Say everything in three-word answers, <laughs> except for that bit. Talking of rambling. Yes, yes. So we did disagree. Um, so somebody posed us the question... Uh, would you apply for a job if it did not tell you what the stack was? Yep. And your answer was? My point of view was, if you are a candidate looking for a job, and I've been in this position in you know reasonably recent times, you're scouting through the job ads, looking for a job, and the first thing you want to do is just sort the wheat from the chaff. And the best way you can do that is by finding uh, job ads that catch your eye and they catch my eye if they mention a stack that I am either familiar with or interested in. And if they don't, I'm more than likely to just skip over them. And your answer was? Well, I feel like you've um, you've loosened your answer a little bit there. <laughs> <laughs> to make it harder to disagree with. But my answer was essentially... You cannot rely on the advert having been written um, expertly. And so if you are interested in the role, maybe for other reasons, rather than skip over it, you should attempt to find out what the stack is. Yes. Now, the, it was, for me, it wasn't just about the stack. If there was any piece of information missing, um, I've thought you should, you know, attempt to find out what it is and then make a decision so I'm, i wasn't saying apply but i was saying it i thought it was a bit um well i think i used the phrase cutting your nose off in order like if you just skipped over it because yeah. you don't know what you're missing really yeah. and i think there was an emotion in the conversation an emotion there was a a position that if the advert didn't contain it like the stack that it was um the company was probably trying to hide something or it was some way malicious. And then so I 
Um, I put forward Hen Henlin's law. Hendon's I law. Know. I don't know. It was um, which is you shouldn't attribute to malice what can be explained okay. by um, uh, ignorance. I didn't know it was someone's law. It was yeah. Well done to that man. Um, and and the reason I said that is because I've I've seen plenty of adverts where um, where they are crap adverts and then you meet the people behind them and you realise it's a inept adver- um, HR department or something like that. But as as a, an employer trying to employ developers, so my first thought because because you, you mentioned that point and my first thought was should you be letting your HR department write your job ads? If you're really serious about hiring, well, I think that's the reality. I think if you're in a three-team, you know, small startup or something, yeah, totally get it. But if you're in a bigger organisation and and you're not, you know, maybe you're not a, entirely a software company, you have a software department. I think that's just the reality of of the process. I don't think it. But isn't there also a reality that if you're a big company that's not really a software place you're also not likely to get the best software talent well that's a shame isn't it (laughs) (laughs) so everyone kind of finds their finds their level right you you what so hang on that's ridiculous so just because you're not a big microsoft or google or something or a a tiny startup you don't deserve good no 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 no, i'm not saying that (laughs) what i'm what i'm saying is if you are the kind of place where you are not so serious about software that you are not prepared to write your own job ads, then you are. You shouldn't be surprised if you can't attract the top talent. Correct, but I'm not saying I'm not saying that it's it's the Henlon's law thing again. We're gonna to have to get that right. But sure, I, I don't, I'm, I don't it's, think... it's, it's not malicious. I'm just saying, don't be surprised that you don't you don't get the developers that you you want. You get the developers you deserve. <laughs> I think you should get the developer. Well, this is the second part of it then, because I think you should you'd get the developers you deserve if throughout the whole process you were rubbish. There you go. Try not to swear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but I think if you lose them at the advert stage, that's a real shame. As as a yeah. as a hiring manager myself, I do uh, find it frustrating that it's quite hard to get applicants, even in markets where there aren't that many jobs. So yes. you sort of think yeah, yeah, that yeah. you people would apply for everything yeah yeah Yeah, maybe but i i mean i would i would still think so for me personally um i'd say actually stack isn't that i'm thinking now i was gonna say isn't that important i'm I, i will happily go and do a job that is a different stack if i think it's interesting enough. And if the company will have me, because the other side of recruitment, maybe something we'll talk about shortly, is <laughs> is recruiting people who are not familiar with your stack. Because a lot of companies will go, we're, yeah, a, we Java, we're, we're a Java shop, you're .net. We don't, we don't want yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah. Um, so, so there's a certain thing. I'm, I'm not attracted by the, the tech stack per se, but is it a proxy for the kind of the culture and the kind of place that you are yeah but find out find out by asking you know like the the example i used was if you flip it on its head a little bit and it's not the stack that's missing but it's the company or it's the industry do you skip over them so when it says 
thriving business wants to recruit developers in Java, you don't know what thriving business is. So does that get your attention? Or do you think, oh, I wonder what that is. I better go and find out. And then you find out it's like some, you know, waste recycling software. And you think, well, it doesn't interest me. Well, is that any yeah, different from no, what I understand? No, but I would say, I, I, for me, I find the, the barriers quite high before I'll get involved in a conversation. I, I, and I think that if, if you're in a market, like a labour market, where there are tons of jobs and you can be that discerning but where we are it's, uh, yeah yeah it's, yeah yeah that's, i just don't that's, think that's the case that's true and i, and I must admit i suppose I'm, I've, I've not been in a position of i must find a job i i have the luxury of oh i'll take a look and see if there's something out there that interests me rather mm. than actually I, no I, I, i'm out of a job i need to go and mm. to go and find one um but but you still want. I mean, culture is a big thing, right? Yeah, but you're never going to discern culture from an advert. I I think you do. Really? I think you do. And I think people try too hard. I've seen adverts that that try really hard to make it look like they're. Which again is the same thing cool. in reverse. Yeah. Oh, uh, this advert's great. Yeah, I'm going to go and apply for that, and then you get in, and it's like. Two old geezers and a pair of slippers. Actually, that sounds quite good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but do you know what I mean? It's the same. Yeah. I just don't think you can get you anything. You are approaching 40 now, Greg, I must remind you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just don't think you can get anything from an advert. And so I think it's a shame to... Oh, I think you get a ton from an advert. I think you get an awful lot from an advert. And, I, and I'm, not sure I can, I'm not sure I can express the, the ways. I've, it, it, I think it's a fairly... Uh, non-obvious, non-linear thing, but I think the wording of an advert. I, 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 I mean, like going back to what we said. I think if if an advert looks like it's been written by an HR department, that probably tells me a lot about uh, the company. Um, I do think if they don't express their tech stack in any in any in any, in any way, and I think uh, to be fair, I think that's rare, right? Um, I think it's rare that a company doesn't at all give you an indication of what it's working in but but that i think that would be a bit of a well what if it's written by um, an agency do you do you forgive them more don't get me started about agencies but they do they they murder job adverts absolutely murder. i've seen i've seen my own job ads murdered by agencies and i think that's a terrible terrible disgusting (laughs) practice that should be outlawed (laughs) Oh no, I've 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 seen that. I mean, recruitment recruitment um, recruitment agencies. What do I think about recruitment agencies? I get a lot of emails from recruitment agencies. Not not trying to actually no. I I tell you what, I get I bet both I get both kinds. As a hiring manager, I get a lot of cold emails from recruitment agencies saying, "Hey, I've got some guy. Would you be interested in hiring them?" Uh, and I also get having once put my CV out online, I get also get a lot of CVs that say, "Hey, we've got this opportunity." Even though my CV is now, you know, been out there for four years, say, uh, and mentions Ruby on Rails, and then I get emails <laughs> saying, "We've got a Ruby on Rails opportunity in Berlin." You know, Are you junior dev, Nine. right? Yeah. <laughs> um, which is which is really really frustrating. Um, uh, 
But at the same time, I guess recruitment agencies sort of make the world go round a little bit, don't they? Well, because they bring candidates in. I mean, I, t- I totally get the idea that your, your goal at this stage of the process is to attract candidates. And if you have a crap advert, then you're not going to attract candidates. And if this is any kind of market research, then for anybody who's recruiting, put the fucking... Oh, I've done it. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. There we go. Oh, E-tag. Uh, put, put, e. put the stack on the ad. I just don't think it's as cut and dry as people are making out and I, as I said in the previous conversation I think it's a shame that really good developers may miss out on really good roles on this basis and so I think oh, it's on both sides I think recruiters need to uh, or hiring managers need to put a lot more effort into the advert to attract the right people yeah. and I think developers should be a little less precious about that and if something catches their eye have the conversation you don't have to make the application have the conversation and then decide through more well, uh, like more signals than just the font they've used, unless it's Comic Sans, in but, which case apply immediately. But maybe <laughs> then talking about recruitment agencies, maybe that's the barrier in a lot of in a lot of cases, because as soon as you engage with a recruitment agent, so you get oh I'm interested in this job advert, Oof, you're in the process, right? <laughs> yeah. And you didn't want to be in the process. You didn't necessarily want your name put forward, but suddenly you find yourself, okay, hey, I'll talk to them. And, uh, and wouldn't the world be a lot nicer if it was a bit more transparent when it came to, to recruitment? Yes. I, f- I, find, rec- I find recruitment uh, on both sides of the fence quite a sordid Process. <laughs> Maybe sword is not not the right not the right word. I find as as a um, as a candidate, it can be quite demeaning because you're reduced. To, Maybe it's, that's kind of what we're talking about. As a candidate, you're reduced to a CV. As a company, yeah. you're reduced to a job ad, yeah, which is less than a CV. And there's this yeah. and there's this whole world of complexity that 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 neither you know you don't understand about the company and the company doesn't understand about you Um, i definitely think it's a skill that the process and when you're when you're um in the in the process like trying to find candidates it you can tell people who are good at interviewing and people who aren't yes and then as a hiring manager that's a skill as well to be able to weed out the bullshitters from yeah you know and also the people which are who don't interview well and trying to spot that actually that's because of the interview and not because of their skill level. Yes. You know what I mean? It is really. I'm, you know. I'm someone who does not interview well. Like, I, I, I mean, I, as an interviewee, I don't feel like I do a very good job mm. at, at all, if I'm honest, mm. um, in, a, in a traditional interview setting. I lose the plot. And, and have done and, and I've, I've, in what ways are you I've, like a, I've honestly are you like got, a manic I've, talker or do you shut down uh, I, sh- I overthink stuff so I, I had let me tell a little anecdote um, which was that I went to uh, a job interview with a uh, a, a large company um, who had a very traditional software development process I think and so the interview process was lots of technical questions about job actually no I, actually this was a second interview i had a first interview that went very well because the person that i was interviewing with was very talkative very expressive and we talked a lot about um 
this kind of stuff, how to yeah, develop yeah. software, right? And we just and we had a conversation, right? Yeah, yeah. It, it was what I felt was an adult conversation, and that I felt like I was in my element, and almost came out of the interview thinking, how could they not hire me? <laughs> and and you know, and if I'm honest, I think the interviewer probably came out of the interview thinking, like, great, it's a done deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I went for a second interview, which was with people who were they were more technical, and that was a so, how would you deal with this technical situation? And at that point, I froze because of uh, that syndrome where personally I feel I don't truly understand that subject, so I'm not sure I'm qualified to talk about it. He says on a podcast <laughs> where he regularly talks about things that he really knows not a lot about. But... But I, but do you know what? I, and I started overthinking it. And every time I got asked a question, and every time I felt like I hadn't really answered it properly, I was then dwelling on that question. And then literally got down to the point where they were asking me beginners' questions, oh, right? Okay. And 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 even then, my brain is going, "Wait, did I get that? Yeah, did yeah. I get that right?" Is and this you, a trick? <laughs> and you, yeah, and you're you're doubting yourself so much. And and I, and I came out of it, and it it was. Yeah, I, I'll be honest, it was an absolute disaster, absolute disaster. And I thought, you know, it, it, it wouldn't surprise me if they came back and said, no. I, and of course they, they did. They were like, well, yeah, done. So, you know, I, I, I think, but I felt, I felt, um, I felt slightly demeaned in the process mm. because I felt like we'd, we'd had a conversation that, that it in no way was a good reflection on your skill my skills right and and i'd like to think that you know anybody that that knows me would uh would understand that i'm you know capable yeah, of, capable of, of of doing those things in a normal situation but given that that thing where it's literally let's sit across the table from each other um and just fire technical questions at you was, yeah i mean that good. sounds to me like that was a, a pretty poor interviewing technique I, I think it's yeah. I think it's a standard interview technique. I've had other interviews. I, I mean, like I, I, I'd had I had the, I had the same, uh, you know, different. at a different point as well. Where and and it, and but, it's, it but I'm yet to find someone because that story is is common. Yeah, you know, there's plenty of. Um, I mean, you are special, but that story is. Everyone has that story. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, maybe. maybe. But, but, but I've yet but, to find but, someone. But I, but I suppose, you know, but my, my point is clearly in that situation, I have not, I, I've not been able to convey at all what I'm capable of doing. True. But did you care? Because a bit like the advert... I wasn't sad to not get the job. That's well, quite, mean. because maybe a bit like the advert, where I'm saying, on the one hand, like just because they, you don't like the advert, don't not apply. If you don't like the interview, definitely sack it off. Like, I'm real staunch about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, like, be open-minded and go and talk to everyone about everything. But once you're in that conversation, if they do something which is, like, wrong, just walk away. Yeah. So, I, I, so yeah, if I was in, you in that situation, yeah. I'd be like if they're going to interview me like that and make me feel demeaned and give me these ridiculous questions and not, then I don't want to work there anyway. I wonder if there's a bit of hindsight about some of that though. Because also, because so in, in other interviews, I've, I've been for interviews where they've asked me this question, I thought, that's gone terrible. I didn't want to work there anyway. No, nah, they're, they're all idiots. I, did, I didn't want to work <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, right. So Whereas, you, you know, if they'd offered <laughs> you the job, you go, brilliant, I'm there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then you do it to the next person. Yeah, That'd yeah, be your payback. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, this is how I got in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Suck yeah, it up. Yeah. <laughs>
so how so let me let, let me ask this how do as a hiring manager how do you go about recruiting people uh i have quite a fixed process i suppose um i do a phone call and it's just there are three questions i ask um which i'm gonna have to remember i haven't hired for about six months but um what are you good at professionally what you're bad at professionally um and what are you looking for i don't think i ask them that order i think i do what are you looking for first what you good at what you're better um and then that's just really to open the conversation um and get a feel for what people are about and then bring them in for a conversation and then i'll do two parts to that one is a an interview um but it's really just a chat um which is at the the hr team don't like that too much yeah. because there's the whole yeah. thing about you've got to ask everyone the same questions yeah I, I get i get all of that but i too try to make it relaxed but the critical thing is i then ask them to pair um, yeah. and as long as i can get them for to sit down with our code with the team on a real problem yeah. um, and then just see what happens. You know? And I, feel, I think we have a shared heritage there, don't we? Because yeah, yeah, that, that pretty much mirrors the way that I do it. And, and as I was thinking about this after having this discussion earlier in the week, I was thinking, do you know what? I think that's a, that's a bloody good way of doing things. I know people say we should disagree more, but I think, <laughs> I think it's a bloody good way of doing things. Well, I think, things. I mean, the pairing is probably the contentious bit because um, that is... That again is a is a learned skill, yeah. and therefore, if you're not used to that, that might put you off. So, but what I think is essential is with the code, the actual code. So, all, yeah. you know, this thing about the stack, you get to see it with the team members. So you get, you know, I think that's critical. And how 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 you do that, I suppose, could differ. But yeah, but I can fathom now, and you're absolutely right. This is something we've probably learned together over the years. I could not fathom asking someone to come and work in my team without them first having seen the code and yeah, sat so with I the team members. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, th I think that's, that's absolutely right. I think, you know, you're, you're binding people into, it's that old thing of you're, you're basically spending more time with, your, with the team than you are with your own family right, on <laughs> any given day. So you have to, you have to do that. And the, the idea that you would bring someone in without having met those those people and understanding how they work and what they do and what they're working on is is a, is a strange thing but but you know it it, it happens and, and i'd say it's it's the majority that's the way that it that it does and i think i think companies are missing a trick if if i take that you know that interview that, that i talked about if that had been a come and sit down with this guy and write some code i'm i'd like to think that i would have given an awfully lot better account of myself yeah, yeah than I ever did by someone asking me whether strings in Java are immutable. Yeah, and the, and the reverse is true because you might have nailed it on the academic um, fizz buzz type yeah, thing. Right, yeah, And then yeah, as yeah. soon as you got in front of an actual bug, yeah. you know, you had no skill to resolve it. So, no. you know, I yeah, well, so this is, this is the other thing, isn't it? Is the, the, the idea that you can, or people come with a set of knowledge and that's what you're after is this little block of knowledge which to be honest is out there on google right so, <laughs> yeah. so it's not like you can't yeah. get it elsewhere so so what you really want is someone with the google skills to find it um at a later date rather than than someone that brings it already yeah, yeah. already with yeah, them. So, so if you were interviewing someone and they um or you were doing this pair thing and then they they said oh i don't know how to do that and they opened up stack overflow would you be like you're hired or would you be like get out of it oh no no i i always <laughs> said when whenever we had someone praying with the team 
Um, I would actually make a point of saying to them at the start, Google is is perfectly in scope. Yeah. Like you know, and almost I'd be disappointed if you don't. Right. If you're if you're if I come back in in three hours and you're sat there scratching your head because you can't remember you have, yeah, yeah. this particular. Yeah, yeah. You know, Maven XML element. I'm, I'm gonna kick your ass, right? <laughs> because just just Google it. Um, so I just come. I spent my day googling Maven. Do you know? I've, God, I mean, how long have I moved? I've been, I've been coding in Java for probably uh, going on twenty years now, uh, and I, I, I still don't understand Maven. <laughs> I still I still have to Google Maven every every day. Right? I mean, it's it's nuts, but. Um, hey ho, there we go. There so we the go. other thing on the on the whole stack on the advert thing, which is where this started. The other thing that crossed my mind about that is how difficult it is, and you mentioned it, to find people willing to move away from their primary um, skills. Yes. And again, as a hiring manager, how do you attract that? Because if you if developers are going, I'm not going to apply for these ones because it either doesn't say the stack or it doesn't say the stack that I want. Yeah. And then you're trying to hire people and you're trying to move away from one thing or you want people with a broader knowledge. Yeah. What do you do? Like, how do you... And I think, but again... That's, I, but, I, that's, but that's where I think company... Trying to, trying to reflect company culture is a, is a good thing. I mean, we, we, in our job adverts that we used to place, we would, we would specify what stack we used but would also make the caveat of if you've not done these things, that's that, fine is not a not the word that I want, but we'd still like to talk to you, right? And at least understand whether you're the sort of person that will come in and do this. And we, I, I, we did that very successfully with, with some people. You know, we had some people in our team who, who did not have a background in, in Java or all those skills, but still... Yeah. Um, uh, you know, did, did an excellent job, and, but, but and, and, think, and in many ways were, were I think orders of magnitude better than if we'd got someone who was a Java yeah. expert but didn't have the other skills to go with it. But you know what? Those people applied for a job that didn't have their stack on it. Yep. And yeah, so yeah, correct, I think yeah. that, it, that again, this is down to the individual applying for roles that aren't that are sort of a bit left or right of where they are. I mean, I remember it's probably the same era that we were doing this, trying to get uh, app developers and people saying, oh, well, no, I'm not an app developer. I'm an Android developer. So if you if you ever want me to touch a bit of iOS code, not interested, mate. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And vice versa. But then that's, a, but then, then that's a point that that's presumably then not a good fit culturally for you anyway. Right. Do yes. You, and actually, do you want and, people who are like, I just want to do this. And, and there are companies out there for whom those people are a great fit. Right. Which, yeah, and again, if the supply's there so you can do that, then yeah. great. And actually, this is now, must be 10 years ago, so this is, no, it wouldn't be that long. But anyway, this was before where it is at the moment where actually it's perfectly viable to avoid one or t'other of those platforms. Yeah. But if somebody came in and said, what's the analogy now? So they said, well, I'll, yeah, yeah, I'll do Python, but if you ask me to look at Ruby, not interested. Mm-hmm. I mean, isn't that a bit narrowing for that person? And I just, Yeah, uh, yeah def- definitely. And, and I personally can't, comprehend that mindset but like i say there are people that that do want to work yeah. in that 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 way and i don't i don't think that's good for them i i personally think as a developer i think if you are a good developer then you will uh turn your hand to pretty much 
And that's, I mean, that's how I've always tried to find people. You know, you're just interested in development. Yeah. You know, and actually, the only only hard divide, I think, is real, and I don't know why, is the .NET versus Java one. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why. Do you know what? I'll I'll be honest. I've never coded a line of .NET in my life. Um, And that's not... Yeah, I mean, it's 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 weird, isn't it? Because actually, I, I think I will do it. I, I, do I've, done, like I've done Java. I do Ruby. I do, uh, well, Kotlin's kind of in Java. But, you know, I am I am um, going to go to a role where I'm going to be doing Ruby and Go and JavaScript. Um, I probably wouldn't go to a job that's not met. <laughs> And that's a that's a weird one, isn't it? I mean, isn't it? Isn't it? Isn't that? Yeah. I but almost almost because I think maybe it's, it doesn't feel like it's enough of a leap away from Java. Java and .NET are, you know, in in a lot of ways to me, synonymous. Hmm. Um, and maybe and I'm I'm kind of thinking on my feet here because it because it feels like it's a bit irrational. So I'm trying to, <laughs> uh, I'm trying to rapidly rapidly justify it, but it it. It feels like maybe going to .NET is not enough. I'm not learning enough to justify the effort in picking up a new, yeah. a new platform as opposed to, to coding in a scripting language like Ruby or uh, you know and something like Go. So what about the argument that um, as a as a as a developer, you've invested a lot of your career. Let's just use .NET, learning .NET and all the related technologies. So actually, the concept of going somewhere where you're not using that anymore and you've got to relearn, that's not really capitalising on your skills. I, maybe I can see that argument. You know, I mean, we spoke about this a few episodes ago about yeah. generalists versus specialists, didn't we? Yeah. And I could see, I suppose, if you've really like made an effort and you've become an expert in, in one narrow slice, you might feel a little bit peeved if you were to not peeved because I mean it's your own choice but you know what I mean you wouldn't then be inclined to go and do something else because you've just invested all your career in in this thing here and as long as you make the right choice so that it doesn't you know disappear in five years time and suddenly you're unemployable because no one's doing it right yeah yeah I I can see that maybe maybe that's what's happened with Android maybe I just feel like like .NET is a bit too enterprisey and again maybe that's a reflection on culture yeah that a lot of places use .NET. And What's wrong with enterprise? <laughs> What's wrong with enterprise? <laughs> Stay tuned, episode. <laughs> yeah, I think. Well, so I mean, because this is actually that's interesting because it's kind of part of something I, th- I thought about as we were talking earlier, which is the idea of that to be interesting development, it has to be cool, a startup. It has to be using some funky language it's it's node.js or it's go or it's something else you know all that kind of stuff um and i actually don't believe that's true at, at all and i think there's lots of interesting development i've spent i mean i've literally spent a lot of my time over the last couple of years um uh, you know where as a as a um you know in the company we've been doing artificial intelligence and machine learning and actually the things i really get my kick from are you know, writing some of the back ends, right? Some of the really things that other people might find really dull. If you put it on a on a job ad, it would sound really dull. <laughs> I just spent. I was on holiday last week. I spent two whole days of that holiday converting a, an app from SQL Server to MySQL, right? <laughs> 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 because 
I don't know. I, I kind of found Mrs. it. Mrs. Piper happy about that? Oh, oh yeah, she loved it. She, loved it. she was at work. It was fine. Um, but um, I, I kind of find those those sort of challenges. I suppose what what was interesting to me was that it had a very definite end goal, which was that because we were using SQL Server, it cost us a very large chunk of money hmm. on our Amazon bill to to license SQL Server. Right. And if I can convert it to MySQL. Uh, actually, we can we could literally take twenty five percent out of our out of our Amazon bill. Yeah. So for me, that was a piece of work with a very definite end goal, as opposed to, hey, let's do machine learning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, and but actually, what are we doing with it? That's quite a good segue because I think my a lot of my opinions on this area probably stem from my last gig, where the stack was this language called Dibol or this framework called Dibol, which was based off COBOL. Um, and it was, um, I mean, there was no one, I don't think there's a single person in England who, or Great Britain that wanted, who would be looking for that work, you know? Yeah. So I had a lot of, um, uh, I had a lot of effort to try and get people to apply. And fortunately I had, well, I, I ended up getting some really great people, but in the process, I also interviewed some really great people who were like that. Mm-hmm. What they said to me yeah. was, I want a challenge. I want an end goal. And our, our goal was, move it away from Dibol and into .NET yeah. um, because there was already a transition plan supported by the vendor. So that's what I advertised. So I got the stack on there, .NET, but really it was Dibol. Yeah. And then <laughs> yeah, in yeah. the when I had the conversation, that's why I guess the conversation was so important, you know, that was my chance to say, look, this is what it is. This is, this is what I need. Yeah, Are you yeah, interested? Yeah, yeah. Like, let's not waste each other's time. I'm being honest, you know. Yeah. And a lot of people turned around and said, no, not interested. And then other people said, actually... Yeah, you know, let's have a chat about that. And then they came in and then they said they weren't interested. Oh, but finally, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I left and I don't know what they've done. <laughs> <laughs> no, all, no, they've um, that team's doing great now. Got some good guys. and It's all on Rust now, I expect, or Elixir <laughs> or something, right? <laughs> you know, they've I'm so out of touch, I don't even they've know what they are. Got, they've got miles ahead. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I can... My thought there was, well, again, do, when people say they're not interested, are they not interested in the the challenge or is the fact that it's on a really kind of legacy stack? I think all of the uh, above. A, a reflection of company culture. Yeah, I mean, I had, to, I had to put a lot of effort into making sure the culture was there. Yeah. I mean, both like for real, not just pretending, yeah. you know, I put a lot of time into um, making the team more modern, think differently, you know, all the soft stuff, you know, like, it, I mean, silly stuff like, maybe this is another podcast, but like introducing a social scene, right? you know, that was a yeah, thing yeah, that yeah. wasn't there before, you know, nobody spoke to each other outside of work. So just little things like that to bring everyone together. And <laughs> Did you do you know, like Greg's weekly happy hour. It, we, no, but we did. Did we, you go to Splashdown? <laughs> did you have team outings to Splashdown? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> um, but but things like that. I mean, it sounds yeah, yeah, yeah. silly, but things like that. Um, and um, I mean, not to keep going on about it, but like they'd never been to a conference. So <laughs> redevelop in 2016, they yeah, went. Yeah, yeah. And then they turned up this year as well. Mm-hmm. You know, I was yeah, like, great, yeah. you know. Um, yeah, so yeah. there's a lot of work to, to do that. Yeah. It's interesting though, isn't it, how companies can have such different cultures. You'd sort of think if, if you're a, a reasonable sized employer, you've got a melting pot of employees. But you, 
But I think there's two like things. Like attracts like. Yeah, yeah, right. So, yeah, exactly. So if you've got, if you started off with a culture, I think you've got to try really hard to either break it or maintain it. Yeah. You know, and I yeah. think the place I was at, it, unfortunately, it, um, I mean, I use the example, what if it's not your first, you know, what if software is not your main mm-hmm. thing? And it was a bit like that. It was almost yeah. like the software side of it um, was uh, secondary to what else we, they were doing, you know, which was essentially professional services. Um, and and that's what persisted. And so when you're recruiting, you end up finding people who fit that mould. You know, there's the whole thing about A players recruit A players and B players recruit C players. Have you heard this? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. Um, and so I think you, you've got to be really careful of these things. I think there's a whole, I'm, I'm sort of holding back because I'm conscious of time and I think there's a whole episode in, in yeah, that yeah, sort yeah, of yeah, stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you know, I did, so segues off of this that I think are good for for, for future podcasts um, recruitment of uh, women into yeah, technology yeah, yeah. which was really really difficult yeah. despite our I've never hired a woman despite our best attempts it was really really difficult um, the other I one I just want to say not not willingly <laughs> <laughs> which bit is not willingly I said I've never hired a woman. Oh, I see. Right, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I refuse. <laughs> yeah. I refuse to hire. No, a woman. not that. But, um, no, but that's a great topic for you. R- really difficult. Um, uh, and there was another one which I've just forgotten now. So, <laughs> so let's forget that. I want to ask you one final question about recruitment, um, which we might cut <laughs> because ten years ago, Greg, you hired me. <laughs> I did. Yes. Was it ten? It was 10 years ago. 10 years ago last month. Oh, congratulations us. <laughs> <laughs> what did you see in the young Mark? <laughs> Apart from the full head of hair. Yeah. And, uh, um, I mean, I, well. Cut. No, 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 don't cut. I think... Um, I don't recall exactly, but I could imagine knowing what I know now, having done 10 more years of it, that I, I saw um, willingness to get involved and try shit. You know, I mean, that's my personal value. You know, other yeah. people would have other things, but I'm like, I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know what problems we're going to face. Yeah. Are you going to get in and try? Uh, yeah. And definitely that is your attitude. So. And actually, what, that, what, what, what slightly blew my mind... Um, as an interviewee was coming into a place where th- there, are, there are two things that stand out. One was this is where I was first introduced to the idea that uh, uh, one part of the interview would be come and spend a day with us yeah, yeah. And, and actually do real work, which I thought was, was, was amazing. Uh, the other thing was uh, joining a stand-up and hearing developers talk about fixing web servers and oh, deploying right, code yeah. to production, which coming from the background that I came from, was someone else's was job. someone else's job, and I was like, wow, wow. I mean, this is this is this is great. You know, I, I'm not just expected to sit here and write code, but I'm going to be deploying it myself. I'm going to be messing around with web server configuration. I'm going to be doing a whole other stuff that I've just not had mm. to do before because it was someone else's job. Yeah, um, and I think that to me said, you know. Th- th- you're going to learn stuff. Yes. Well, so I'd like you to explain to me, because I'm lazy and also not as clever, this uh, (laughs) Cloudflare. So they've done this blog post um, 
about a new way to host serverless style functions, lambdas, that doesn't require, as I understand it, it doesn't require the booting of an entire container to process that individual request. Yeah. Um, and therefore, all the overhead associated with that is removed. And um, that's a good thing in terms of cost to the user, energy to the planet, that kind of stuff. So, but yeah. I don't get it. I don't get... I'm, I'm pulling up the article. <laughs> You're going to read it out. So I can refer to it. Uh, yes. Um, so um, my understanding from, from Cloudflare was um, that they've essentially said... Um, we're not running contain in say lambda um you've got um you know lambda has a bunch of servers and when you deploy your code it spins up a a container and it runs your code in the container and then it will stay warm for a while but if there's no more requests away it goes and then next time a request comes in spin up another container and there's this overhead of of, of the computer mm -hmm. um and uh, what they've done is actually taken the v8 JavaScript engine, uh, and they deploy all their stuff into that. And and V8, if you imagine V8 as being, you know, or you imagine you've opened your browser, and every time you open a new Chrome tab, you've got a new set of threads, and it's sandboxed, and you know the stuff that runs in that tab cannot see anything else in the other tab. So it's almost like each new process is like a new browser tab rather than a new container. Um, and that this is uh, even more lightweight than a container is, um, and therefore you don't get the overhead of cold starts and those kind of things. What's um, what's a, even more, I was going to say exciting, but maybe we need to balance it up. But <laughs> the point the point was made that V8 can run WebAssembly, and WebAssembly uh, is the idea now that you can take. Um, uh, any language, any asterisk, right? Not dot net. <laughs> not diebol. Uh, you can take any language and you can uh, compile it to WebAssembly and have it run client side. Uh, and therefore, uh, in the future, you know, whereas today, say on, on Lambda, you write your code as Java or you write it as Node or you write it as Python and it runs as Java, it runs in the JVM. What if in the future I write my code in, in, in Java or Kotlin, whatever it may be, I compile it down to WebAssembly and it runs in V8 in this really lightweight thing and it doesn't have the overhead and all that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, so problem solved, perfect world, nothing more to be discovered. So the, so the workflow here would be, I would write in a language that's either natively supported or compiles down to this WebAssembly. Yeah. I would deploy this to the Cloudflare um, sweet. Yep. And then when that gets called, the benefit is in that it can, ex it can, you know, like in instantiate a lot quicker than having to load up a full container. Yes. And, was, and, and I, th and I, th I think the point, um, he says, glancing at the, um, blog post on, <laughs> on, it, on his screen, but the, the, the point they make is, um, that VA is running in its own, in, in egg process. Right, so you're not, um, and, and V8 does the segregation of the tasks within it and the isolation of those tasks within it, but it's still all in a single process. So you're not relying on the OS to do context switching between threads because essentially 
Um, I'm probably glancing over a ton of details here, but essentially it's one process. So the OS is just going, hey, run V8. And V8 is doing the, you know, I don't really know yeah, the, the, the details of, of how V8 manages to avoid the context switches as opposed to the yeah, OS. And I guess you're just, switches, you're, you're, you're then putting, and I'm not, I'm not suggesting the V8 developers are rubbish, but you're then putting your trust that V8's good at that. Whereas well, putting that, it so, into the, Linux, the, well, that, is, that, or, their point is that V8 is, you know, given that it's been running Chrome uh, in the wild for uh, a number of years now, is a terrifically battle-hardened and well-tested and secure piece of software. I mean, there's a difference, isn't there, between running a browser on a desktop and then running, you know, a, a million server processes on a meaty server isn't there uh, maybe I mean they seem to they of course they, they do they're trying they to say sell it scales yeah <laughs> yeah yeah right well even if we take and that. so and, and, and so it comes down to to every blog post that you read is take every blog post with a with a pinch of salt yeah, yeah, and yeah. go do you know what horses for courses there's going to be points I mean because you know the way I look at this is you know once upon a time you had you bought a server and you installed it in your rack when you wanted to run a new server and then someone invented virtualization which essentially said i can take this physical server and i can split it down into multiple virtual servers you know so i've only got one piece of tin but running multiple servers yeah. and then someone invented containers and you say well i've only got one os and that's running multiple processes within it you know and now this is just another slice, slice which is what i don't even need now um, you know those multiple processes. I've got a single process each running running the the, the same code. Um, I mean, I suppose one question in my head is is how does this differ? You know, things like green threads, um, you know, which seem to be similar things, which kind of lightweight um, lightweight threads um, where you are not. Um, I mean, if I take as an example something I sort of know about. Um, uh, Kotlin has coroutines, so coroutines are lightweight threads. All right, they're they're <laughs> threads, but without the overhead of threads, and so you can spin up thousands of them. So how does this differ to that? Other than, I mean, you know, fair play to Cloudflare, they've clearly been able to productionize this and make an actual uh, platform out of yeah, it. Yeah. They also talk a lot about um, uh, their ability to um, to deploy, uh, which I'm rapidly scrolling down to um, see if I can. Uh, well, the de- reader, but they, they they were comparing to, hey, Lambda Lambda could take, because uh, Lambda have Lambda Edge, which says yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll run your Lambdas, you know, essentially on the edge of the network, right, at the sort of CDNs. Um, uh, and Lambda Edge can take up to, I think it was sort of half an hour was their, their right, number that they had yeah. to actually go out and deploy. Whereas with their solution, it's being, it's there, it's you know, almost instantaneous. Um, he says, Although when I read that, but when I read that, I did think to myself, what business needs it to be less than half an hour? Like, if you know it's going to be half an hour, surely you can plan for that. Like, I can't. I mean, in my business, it's well, not. It's, we don't really have servers. But, but, it's, but, it's, but it's like anything in this world, isn't it? If it could be less than half an hour, that would be great. <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> 
I get upset when I have to update DNS and I have to wait for it to propagate. I mean, I'm just like, come on. I hate the fact on that stuff. I mean, it's good they're being exact because on DNS, it's like, oh, it might take up to 48 hours. And it happens within like 48 seconds. Yeah, you know, why yeah, do you still yeah, say yeah, that? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, 78 yeah. or something. Do you know? I don't know what I love. Uh, but quite often when you say unsubscribe from mailing lists, and then you get a screen that says it may take up to 14 days to unsubscribe you from yeah. you're like, what? like what's happening is someone literally writing this down on a bit of paper and then eat like you know putting it in the post well i had a job once straight out of uni and i um i was given a bunch um of leaflets that had been handed out at universities for mailing lists and people would write their email address on the piece of paper and i had to try and like copy it into a spreadsheet <laughs> so i can imagine back in those days it was like that so um it's very possible. And then the other, my last thought on this um, was the portability. Because one of the things with containers, um, I mean, at least my own personal experience with doing silly stuff at home, is I can move it around. I can, I can change my Docker file and move it from Alpine to Ubuntu or whatever. And then I can take that container or that image, I forget what they're called, but I can then move yeah. it onto any old and- Docker host and save for the continuing bullshit around Vin- windows and linux yeah but within linux it all seems to continue as normal so and what's going on here am i locked into cloudflare now to be fair to to cloudflare um their, their blog post is titled cloud computing without containers it's not cloud computing no longer requires containers or containers are dead or hey everyone you're so old school for using containers because clearly, I think there are use cases, right? And what they're talking about here are Lambda-type processes. I have a piece of code that executes um, that is probably, you know, almost always a short-lived process um, and a simple bit of code. Um, and for me, that's a very different use case to a container. Um, yeah, but my question was more about the portability. So if I, so I go, like, I'm all but, in, but, I'm going to do it. I'd follow their platform, I'd write my stuff, I'd deploy it to them in less than half an hour. And then in a month's time, I think, you know what, I'm, I'm not happy with Cloudflare, they've done something to annoy me. Where do I go? Yeah, but I think the point is that you've, you've written your code in JavaScript. I think, you know, native support is essentially JavaScript, right? Yeah. Um, and so, hey, you can, you can run it on, on so I could Cloudflare's platform, yeah. but I'll tell you what, if you want to run on Lambda, you can. But now you've got the overhead of the, the, the cold yeah. starts and that kind of stuff. So, so you're not tidy, you're not writing in in Cloudflareese, yeah, uh, yeah. for example. <laughs> um, you're just taking your your vanilla code. Um, so they're just saying, hey, we can do what Lambda does, but we can do it quicker and we can do it better and, uh, and all that kind of stuff. And sold. I guess the market will bear that out. Sign me up for four. Excellent. <laughs> Let's leave it there, shall we? Thanks very much, Greg. Thanks very much, Mark. Bye. Bye. Hi listeners, if you've got any questions or topics you'd like us to discuss, you can get in touch with us at BitPicking on Twitter. Excuse me.